2: Hey everybody, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. You're watching Tesla Time News, episode 354 on Now You Know. Thank you to Babbel for sponsoring this episode. Babbel is one of the top language learning apps in the world. Its lessons help you learn a language through real life conversations. Babbel is scientifically proven to help you start speaking a new language in three weeks. Lessons prepare you to have practical conversations about travel, business, relationships, and more. And as you know, I've been brushing up on my Italian. Another part of Babbel that I love is I can hear real Italian speakers so I can hear what I'm supposed to sound like. And then I get to figure out what did he say? I am from Florence. Correct, so it's not just listening he is from Milan. Sono di Palermo. And so I can compare how I pronounce things compared to a real Italian speaker. I am from Palermo and it's timing me too. A quick 10-minute lesson helps me practice speaking Italian on a regular basis. Babbel is cross-platform, which helps me work a lesson into my busy day. I can use it on any of my devices, like my computer or my phone when I'm on the go. And lessons are designed by real language teachers. Leave us a comment below and share what language you'd like to learn. Babbel offers a 20-day money-back guarantee. And if you click the link in the description or scan the QR code right here, you will get 60% off your subscription. 60% 60% off, do it today. Our favorite EV trip planner, Swedish-based A Better Root Planner, is being acquired by Rivian, according to an exclusive from Electric Seth Weintraub. You may remember that we interviewed Bo Lincoln, one of the co-founders of Eternio, the parent company of A Better Root Planner in Sweden, back during our Scandinavian trip, way back in 2018. Yeah, that was back when Bo was just working on a better route planner as a hobby project. Yeah. Then we interviewed Bo again during our Model 3 Euro road trip in 2019. So no word yet on when a better route planner navigation and trip planning software will appear in Rivians. Although RJ Scaringe, Rivian CEO, did say a few weeks ago that new navigation software is coming to Rivians soon. Well, that's exciting. I mean, Rivian software could really use some of the features that a better route planner offers like waypoints. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if Rivian allows the Polestar 2 to continue to use a better route planner as it has been since March of 2021. It'll also be interesting to see what a better route planner will look like in Rivian's. Yeah. Will it be a direct porting of a better route planner or more of that existing Rivian nav look? Well, they definitely have to stick the Yeti somewhere on it because that's branding, babe. So Tesla Energy confirmed last week that they just installed their 500,000th Tesla Powerwall. Wow. Half a million power walls installed in homes. I mean, that's great. So how many kilowatt hours of storage is that? That is about 6,750,000,000 watt hours of storage or 6.75 gigawatt hours of storage. Okay. So that's about 90,000 Model Y's worth of storage. <laughs> yeah. And this kind of demonstrates why I'm so excited about V2G or vehicle to grid, because even though I think 500,000 walls is amazing, and I'm so proud of Tesla for reaching that milestone, you do realize that about 4 million Tesla vehicles have been produced so far. Okay. So I see where you're going with this. 4 million vehicles times about 75 kilowatt hours of battery storage per vehicle. Okay. That's, uh, <sighs> wow. 300 gigawatt hours of storage, or 44 times what Tesla has installed in Powerwalls so far. Yeah. And take a look at this chart I made. It took over five years for Tesla to produce the first 250,000 Powerwalls. It only took 19 months to make the next 250,000. That's exponential, baby. From the looks of this chart, I predict conjecture. (laughs) I predict Tesla will hit 1 million Powerwalls installed by the summer of 2024. Comment below if you think he's right or if he's off his rocker. And you know what's going to help Tesla get to that one millionth Powerwall? Tesla just announced a $500 rebate for each new Powerwall installed by October 31st. Sweet. Do you think Tesla's offering this because they're seeing like some kind of drop in demand? I mean, I thought they were only limited by battery supply constraints. My guess is that with word of the Powerwall 3 coming out soon, Tesla might have seen a slight drop in demand from savvy customers. So this rebate is a way to stir up demand before the Powerwall 3 release. But what do you think? Let us know in the chat below. I I mean, it's gonna be a battery that's gonna sit on your wall. So whether it's the Powerwall 2 or the Powerwall 3. Yeah, but everyone wants the latest, greatest. Is it gonna, I mean, $500 $500. True. Hey, and if you like Powerwall 2s or 3s, hit the like button. So it looks like Tesla is getting ready for a big end of quarter sales push. I thought they weren't going to do that anymore. They are now offering extra discounts of up to $8,000 on some inventory, not ones you design in the design studio, but inventory Model S and X vehicles. Yeah, I saw some Model S's as low as $82,790. Yeah, and Tesla is giving away three years of free supercharging for buyers who take delivery by the end of this quarter, which is June 30th. And I think this next story might be giving some strong evidence that the Model 3 refresh, codenamed
3: Project Highland,
2: may be coming real soon. Tesla just announced another incentive, new inventory Model 3s in both the US and Canada will get 3 months of free supercharging if ordered and delivered by June 30th. I was expecting something more than 3 months of free supercharging. I mean, what's that worth? Like a couple hundred bucks if you supercharge a lot new inventory model threes. So these are already built model threes, not the ones that you order through the Tesla design studio. So I don't know. This doesn't seem like it's much of an incentive to me. I mean, whether you think it's much of an incentive or not, it does help sell cars and it may be signaling that many potential model three buyers may be delaying their purchase until kind of like with the Powerwall, the model three refresh comes out. And the other thing is there's this June 30th deadline. And why June 30th? Well, that's because the new quarter starts July 1st. So to me, this point to the refresh Model 3 coming out in July. Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know, I guess. Look, I mean, there's been all these leaks and all these questions swirling around about the refresh. I don't know. I just don't know.
4: I don't know.
2: They can't keep hiding it. Okay, but I mean, the Model S refresh way back in the day, we were hearing leaks like a year before it even happened. True. And so there were a lot of people who were like, I am going to wait to get my Model S. But see, that's what I think Tesla learned their lesson on. I think they learned you can't um, have any kind of leak and then wait that long or else it just completely squashes demand. Right. I mean, I don't think that Model 3 buyers care that much, though. Mm -hmm. Comment down below if you think you do. We'll see. (laughs) So one of the nation's best nonprofits fighting climate change just launched its annual EV raffle. And you're going to love the 2023 prizes. Want a Lucid Air Grand Touring with a 500-mile battery and a value of $138,000? You can drive in luxury from Minneapolis to Chicago on a single charge. Or how about a Rivian SUV or truck plus 10 years worth of free charging? Or a Tesla Model X Plaid. Our friends at the Chesapeake Climate Action Network Fund always offer incredible prizes while using the proceeds to promote clean energy. Last year, they gave away the Rivian R1T. Now they've added the SUV and the Lucid and the Plaid Winner's choice. To enter, just visit www.evraffle.org. That's evraffle.org. Tickets are just $200 and no more than 5,500 tickets will be sold in total. The raffle runs through the summer, but it sold out early last year. So visit evraffle.org for your chance to win today. So Tesla tweeted out, produced our 10 millionth 4680 cell at Giga Texas this week. Okay, so let's do some math here with 830 4680 cells per Model Y. That's about 12,000 cars worth of 4680 cells produced at Giga Texas. Oh, right, because they're way bigger cells. So I was thinking you needed thousands of them. You need 830 in a Model Y. Okay, so but as of December, do you remember Tesla said they were producing 868,000 cells in Texas per week? So I got a little stuck here because I did some math. That's like 11 and a half weeks worth to get to 10 million. That would be mid-March through mid-June, but something's not right because this would be December through June. So there should be like 20 million cells produced. So, I mean, I think that they probably closed the line for either you know maintenance or updating. You have to remember, this is a pilot line. True, yeah, that's I mean, true. They're, they're, they're not, still learning. They're, and they're not still... like spooling up major production yet. And remember just across from uh, Cato Road, they just leased that new uh, advanced manufacturing facility. Right. My guess is that they're working at Cato Road to make the process better. Then they're going to kind of expand it Right across the street, and then I think we're going to start to see some stuff at Giga Texas. Like stuff, you mean like major ramp? I think that more lines, uh, lines that are fully optimized, uh, stuff like that. It's still not inconsequential though, because if you do eight hundred sixty-eight thousand cells per week, that's about a thousand cars per week. So that's about one fifth of the Model Ys being made at, at Texas. And that kind of makes sense because I think that that would be kind of the non-long range model wise. Mm. So we're now learning that Tesla filed for a U.S. patent on February 24th of 2022 titled System and Method for Steer-by-Wire Vehicle Steering. Wait, if Tesla filed for this patent over a year ago, why are we learning about it now? Well, because usually when you file for a patent, it's kept confidential until the patent application is reviewed and accepted. And they usually take many months, maybe even over a year. So steer by wire as a concept has been approved by NHTSA in the U.S. With restrictions like steer by wire vehicles must have a backup mechanical steering system in case the electronic system fails. Right. And the EU has even stricter rules that steer by wire automobiles must have a backup mechanical system that can be activated manually by the driver. But having to design, build, and mass produce a steer by wire steering system, which at first generation must be super expensive, and then still have to build a mechanical backup system, I mean, what's the point? Right. I mean, that's a really good point. In my opinion, there is no point in actually putting steer by wire into a vehicle model yet. Then why is Tesla patenting it? Two reasons, I think. Number one, it's to protect Tesla so that they can proceed with developing the technology and not get locked out by another auto manufacturer down the road. And number two, it's because when the technology becomes proven, NHTSA and other government regulators will remove the mechanical backup requirements. I mean, how can you be so sure? I mean, I'll bet lots of people will not feel safe driving a car with no mechanical linkage from their steering wheel to the car's wheels. Do people feel comfortable driving cars today? Yeah. I mean, virtually all cars today have no mechanical linkage from the accelerator pedal to the engine or motor. Accelerators are all drive-by-wire today. But I mean, all cars still have a mechanical brake linkage. None of them are drive-by-wire. True. But there are many companies working on it because that's coming too. So do I think that this patent means that Tesla is going to unveil steer-by-wire in the Cybertruck? No. But I wouldn't be surprised if it does appear in an upcoming model by the end of this decade. And just getting back to Tesla's patent, here's their abstract, but to boil it down, it looks like they're calling for a steering wheel torque feedback actuator assembly with two controllers, a front road wheel steering actuator assembly with two zonally isolated motors and controllers, two separate power assemblies, two separate vehicle communication networks in separate wiring bundle assemblies, and three private system communication networks between each node in the steering system. The redundant components are zonally isolated such that common cause of faults do not endanger the system when one or more of the components fail. So you can see here, they're calling for backups of every component in the system, which you could argue is better than mechanical linkages today. Why? I mean, how many accidents are caused by mechanical steering failures? Actually, more than you would think. According to NHTSA, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, approximately 2% of the 200,000 auto accidents in the U.S. each year, so that's 4,000 accidents in the U.S. each year, are caused by steering failures, both mechanical and electrical. So it's not like mechanical steering linkages are perfect. I know it may seem scary to rely on computers and software for something as serious as steering a car, but we should remember that mechanical things can break, and this Tesla patent is important. Something that we're gonna dive in a bit deeper on today Patreon Investor Club bonus story. So support us on Patreon. Get full access to all of our Investor Club benefits today.
3: All right. Well, you want patents? Ford got your patents right here. Hey there, everybody. It's Vinny Bambuzzolini, your trusted automotive advisor. You know the problem with these electrical cars? Not enough batteries. Well, I don't know if that's really a problem. I mean, but the problem is where you're gonna put them. Vinny's got it figured out. You put them on the roof. It's out of the way. Still got plenty of room in the trunk for a few guys. But I mean. If I did this, it would drastically affect the car's center of gravity. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Who said anything about you doing this? I just got through talking to my uncle, Roberto Stampini, down at the patent office. He just said, boom, patented technology. You want to put a battery anywhere near the roof of one of your electrical cars, you got to pay me or go through Tony. I, I mean, speak to my attorney, Mr. Fragellini.: I mean, wouldn't sticking a battery on the roof ruin your mileage? Mileage. Who cares about mileage?
2: but you just said this was supposed to increase the range, yet this big battery on the roof will cause a bunch of drag.
3: Man, you're the drag here, am I right folks? Okay, but how am I gonna get it on there?
2: This has to weigh like a thousand pounds.
3: Just get your associates to pop it on there for you. Bada bing, bada boom. Wait, so Vinny, this is a real patent? Patent number 20,230,173,902. Read it and weep, Mr. Tesla. Checkmate. Ford wins. You were outplayed. Have fun running MySpace or whatever it is you do. Now, if you'll excuse me, there's a customer I've left waiting in my finance office for the past 75 minutes. I got to sell him a warranty on a used combustor 9000, which sneakily excludes the head gasket. If you can call chewing gum a head gasket. Okay. Thanks, Finny. See you, folks. Don't forget, we're located on the Auto Mile, the best car dealership in the tri-state area. It smells kind of sleazy in here.
2: What, what just happened?
3: <laughs> so Elon made a second
2: trip to France in a month to speak again with French President Emmanuel Macron, who retweeted last Friday, let's work together. Hashtag choose France. Uh France, anyone? Yeah, that seems like a step towards a French gigafactory. I mean, we know that Tesla is looking for more gigafactory locations and France does have the fifth highest number of Tesla superchargers after the US, China, Canada and Germany with 146 supercharger locations. Emicron did say this prior to Elon's second visit. He said, we've also invested in a whole sector of electric batteries and we will therefore try to convince him that France is the best possible place in Europe to set up the next Tesla factory. So we polled our patrons and we'll see that later on in the show because they're usually right. Elon did say that they'll be announcing a new Gigafactory location by the end of this year so tell us what you think below is France gonna be Tesla's eighth Gigafactory location eighth well I mean I did Fremont Nevada Buffalo China Texas Germany Mexico so that would be eighth I know that Buffalo doesn't make cars but okay so if we're gonna get a gig of France is it gonna be a gig of Paris <laughs> is cool. it gonna be a Giga nice You know, where in France do we think it's going to be? Put your comments down below. Yeah, because I mean, Tesla is planning on building 20 million vehicles per year by the end of this decade. Currently, the factories that are built, that puts it at like 7 million vehicles per year Mm -hmm. if they're at full production the way I counted it. So they're going to need a lot more gigafactories. Honestly, I think Giga France, probably Giga Italy, probably Giga Spain. Yeah. I mean, I had been thinking that, like, how could you build a car factory in France? But of course, I was forgetting about Peugeot and Citroën (laughs) and Renault. And Renault. Like uh, France does have car industry in it. Giant economy. Yeah. So it's not crazy. I mean, why did they choose China? Why did they choose Germany? And why are they now choosing maybe France? Yeah. And don't forget, Elon was also in Italy right before France. So. But maybe that was just vacation. (laughs) It could be. Does he take vacations? I hope so. Morgan Stanley analyst Adam Jonas, one of Tesla's top stock analysts, has estimated what Tesla's supercharger network could be worth by 2030. Adam and his team ran a bunch of different scenarios from reasonable to plausible to dominant to monopoly. We won't bother you with the calculations and the details here, but suffice it to say, Adam came up with a dominant case for the Tesla supercharger network being valued at $100 billion by 2030. And I think that many people have just woken up to the fact that the Tesla supercharger network is actually valuable. And this is, of course, ever since Ford and GM announcements over the past couple weeks. I also think that because Elon stated years ago that the supercharger network was built not as a profit center for Tesla, but as a service for its customers, that many investors just kind of ignored it. The Supercharger Network, as we've been saying for years, is a huge deal and it's very valuable. And in fact, it's one of the biggest factors in accelerating sustainable transportation. So I want to take a closer look at Adam's assumptions and numbers on disruptive investing this week. So please join us if you haven't heard about that. That's another YouTube channel we have called Disruptive Investing. Really cool. We put a lot of cool episodes, interviews with CEOs and a lot of cool news. So go check that out. You don't want to miss an episode. So please go subscribe. And it's free. It's just another YouTube channel that you can go check out. It's time for Out in the Wild with your host, Sir Philip Breckenbody. Here, if we look very closely, we see the North American Cybertruck in one of its natural environments. As you can see, it's using its stealthy propulsion system and camouflage stainless steel body to stay relatively hidden in the forest. Now, if it is spotted by prey, it can defend itself with cold-rolled stainless steel skin
3: and projectile-proof glass. This particular Cybertruck is very rare at the moment. Not many have been spotted, but it is believed that very soon many
2: more will be born in central Texas. Thank you to the Kilowatts for this footage. So, okay, uh, camouflage. Camouflaged mo- uh, Cybertruck. I think this is hilarious. Look, this is obviously a joke. Uh, you know how most auto manufacturers camouflage their vehicles? <laughs> this is Tesla's way of making fun of them. Um, as Sawyer Merritt said, laugh out loud, Tesla engineers took the Cybertruck through an In-N-Out Burger drive-through today. Elon Musk said, it's a tradition. Tesla Economics says, a camouflage Cybertruck is so low key that it's almost impossible to tell what the next hottest product from Tesla is gonna be. Elon said. It's practically invisible. And he said, good thing we use camo, LOL. It looks really good, though. And I mean, I think that does this mean, though, that uh, Tesla's going to do wraps for the Cybertruck? I don't know. It, you're absolutely right. It, I I just saw it and I was I thought it was CGI. I just thought it was like a mid-journey experiment, <laughs> you know. Um, but I mean, I, I, a lot of people are like, Tesla's going to do wraps now. They don't need to do wraps. No, that this can be is third the, party. This is the simplest car to do wraps on. Okay. You could do it yourself with like craft paper. Yeah. Well, and what's really cool is you can go to our sponsors at the Cybertruck Owners Club, and there they've got that 3D configurator so you can visualize Cybertruck in any color, wrap, and logo, both on screen and in augmented reality. But you know what? Maybe I don't want the Cybertruck. Maybe I want a Tello instead. What's a Tello? Tello is a new Silicon Valley startup building this, an electric pickup truck that is get this, six and a half feet shorter. Than the ford f-150 lightning weighs less than a model y and yet still seats five and has a 60 inch bed that's half a foot longer than the rivian r1t bed wait a minute six and a half feet shorter than a ford lightning yep it's 152 inches long the same length as an electric mini cooper se It's five feet shorter than the Toyota Tacoma, which is the best selling compact pickup truck in America. And get this, the rear seats are also the mid gate. So when folded down, the Tello can hold full four by eight foot sheets of plywood with the tailgate up, which is something that the Ford Lightning can't even do. (laughs) And the Tello will have a gear tunnel similar to the Rivian R1T gear tunnel and a tonal cover. Also, the Tello offers an optional camper shell and bolt in third row seats. Wait, so seating for eight? How do they do that? Well, the gear tunnel can be accessed from the top by removing part of the truck bed. And that's where the third row passengers would put their feet. Tello will have vehicle to load, an estimated range of 350 miles with its 106 kilowatt hour battery with 320 kilowatt peak charging speeds and dual motors for 500 horsepower and zero to 60 in four seconds. Okay, but don't tell me it's so small. It must have like a top speed of 45 miles an hour. Nope. Top speed is 125 miles an hour. I guess it can't have a zero to 60 time if it can't reach 60 miles an hour. OK, so price? Tello is targeting $50,000 before incentives because it should qualify for the $7,500 federal tax credit. OK, and the timeline. Tello says they want a running prototype by the end of the summer, testing next year with the first 500 hand built by the end of 2025 and 10,000 contract manufactured in 2026. You can now pre-order one for $152. That's because it's 152 inches long. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very cool. I like the concept. I just I I don't think they're going to be able to do it. What all these amazing features in two years? It's not, Three years? It's not even the amazing features. I just—it's really, 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 really hard to make an EV. Yes, it's it really, is. really hard. Well, I just. Yeah, and to mass produce it at fifty thousand dollars. I mean, good look. Good luck to them. I'm, we're going to reach out to them and talk to them. I want it. to try it. I mean, look. Yes. I think it's. I love the concept of it. It's everything that I wanted a pickup truck totally. in in the size of the something. the size of a Mini Cooper. Yeah. Wow. I, look, the thing that I like about the Ford Lightning is the bed mm-hmm. this bed's bigger this bed's bigger well bigger in the sense that you can use the midgate, mid-gate absolutely yeah. and i mean I, I i don't need that much truck this would work for me yeah no it, tell us what you think down below first of all do do you like it and secondly do you really think they can come out with it at that price on that timeline i'm a little skeptical are you thinking about getting an e-bike well then you're in luck because jesse and i have ridden dozens and dozens of them over the past few years We've been following the trends, and I've got to tell you, I've been seeing more and more people on fat tire e-bikes for good reason. They rock. Yeah, we just reviewed the Aventon Adventure 2, and if you watch our review over on our sister channel, Now Let's Review, you can find out whether we think this may be the best fat tire e-bike under $2,000. You and I have been going on a lot of e-bike rides lately, both on rail trails and off-road. Yeah, we just went for a bit of off-roading by the Nashville River a couple weeks ago on the event, and, and it was fun. I really like the styling of the Aventon's frame, like how they designed the battery into the frame so that it's not obvious that it's an e-bike. I like the front suspension. I like the hydraulic brakes. I like the fenders. I love the torque sensing. That's when you pedal, the motor controller sees how hard you're pedaling and matches your power to feel like it's you doing the work. It's not just an on and off switch. We'd love it if you checked out our Now Let's Review channel for reviews of e-bikes, e-scooters, e-mopeds, e-motorcycles, EV chargers, composters, and more. So remember in January when Akio Toyota, the 66-year-old grandson of Toyota's founder, stepped down as CEO? Yeah, it seemed like a good sign that Koji Sato was uh, moved up to CEO because Akio Toyota was so anti-EV. Well, Toyota just placed second in the Le Mans 24-hour race on June 11th behind Ferrari. That's Toyota's Gazoo racing team with their GR010 hybrid V6 and 200 kilowatt electric motor powered race car. Correct. Well, a few days later, Akio Toyota, who is now Toyota's chairman, announced that Toyota GR is working on a fully electric GR sports car. And he said, quote, I actually had the opportunity to test drive a BEV GR we are working on recently. Wait, what? I actually had the opportunity to test drive it? Of course you did. You're the chairman of Toyota.
3: (laughs) And get this. Akio went on to say, the biggest difference to other BEVs we are developing is that when you are in the GR BEV, you can actually hear the engine noises even if you can not smell gasoline actually hear the engine
2: noises even if you can't smell gasoline hear the noises yeah they're gonna have an engine noise maker <laughs> And didn't I hear that some of Toyota's shareholders aren't happy with Akio Toyota? Yes. According to the Wall Street Journal, shareholders, including the New York City Comptroller's Office, the California Public Employees Retirement System, and several European asset managers said they have voted or plan to vote to oust several Toyota directors, including Akio Toyota, from their board seats at the meeting last Wednesday. Brad Lander, the NYC comptroller, explained his vote, saying Toyota is failing to lean like its peers into a timely transition to an electric fleet. We want to be persuaded that there is a transition underway and that they'll take meaningful steps towards an all EV commitment. So did he get ousted? No, he had enough votes to stay on the board, but I'm pretty sure it rattled him. And so he announced a bunch of new EV items, including a timeline for Toyota's next-gen EV batteries. Toyota now says they want to have two battery types by 2027, a performance battery pack and a popularized version. By 2027. Yes, but by 2028, Toyota wants to have a 600 to 700 mile range battery following a technological breakthrough. Great. We're going to talk about this more on Patreon bonus because it's wait. awfully funny. So a technological breakthrough in 2028. But hang on, they did show their next EV, the Toyota Crown EV. OK, I think East Peterson Trulio clean vehicles campaigner with Public Citizens climate team summed that up well. Two decades ago, Toyota's hybrids were cutting edge technology, but Toyota failed to capitalize on its electric head start. Instead, Toyota lobbied governments to ignore the perils of climate change and fought adoption of EVs. Now shareholders are demanding more transparency from the company. Automakers without a robust EV strategy are automakers in trouble. Until Toyota stops fighting the electric future and commits to a 100% zero emission vehicle lineup, shareholders should remain skeptical and continue to push for accountability. If I'm being honest, I don't think that the uh, shareholders should remain at all. I think they should find other companies to invest in. That's a good point. So you may remember a few weeks ago, we talked about Ahera. Bless you. Uh, no, no. The car company Era. Ahera, uh, We saw the SUV renderings before, but now they just unveiled pictures of their future. The sedan. Is what it's called. The sedan. Okay. I mean it looks pretty cool, with the door's open, but it looks a little big boned, shall I say? Yeah, it looks a bit like a flattened salmon. All right, so what are the stats again? So 500 miles of range, 120 kilowatt hour oh, battery, yeah, yeah. three motors with almost 800 horsepower, expected delivery 2026. Okay, well, if anyone likes the design, let us know what you like about it down in the comments. Yeah, I mean, again, I'm sure it's appealing to some people. And if it can sell more EVs, Ahera's or not, I'm all on board. Again, going back to our story about Tello, it's easy to say, hard to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you thought the last one looked outlandish, check out this by Mercedes. What the hell is that? That is the Vision 111, it's a concept. Oh, really? But it's not expected to reach production. Really? Just like the mythical 1970s C111, which was also shown off beside it and also never made it anywhere close to production. Apparently the Vision 111 has axial flux motors and a truly exciting battery technology that Mercedes will share with the world, but just not yet. Wow, perfect. You like this? I feel like it's really stupid. Oh, it is stupid. It's just really smart branding, which is stupid. I I don't get it. Wouldn't it be better if they actually made this even even just like a limited number? No, because this way Mercedes gets to add to their heritage, basically their lore, which you and I don't care about. But it's just like the C111, which you've never heard of or care about um, that they were showing off with it. It's it's just so good that they kept it for themselves or it was so ahead of its time. I, I really don't get it. You think this is good? This is a cheap way to make the Mercedes brand appear strong. You claim that it has a bunch of bullshit that doesn't actually work like axial flux motors and stuff like that, which will be the future technology. And we we have all these battery breakthroughs that we have, but we're not going to share with you right now, even though that would help (laughs) us. We're not going to tell you about it right now because they don't have it. Mm -hmm. Um, But this is all to make it seem like Mercedes headquarters has advanced alien technology uh, when, in fact, This is a papier-mâché project Mm. for somebody's nephew. Mm. But because nobody ever gets to drive it, it allows your imagination to run wild. Mm. And now you are working for Mercedes in your own mind. Ah. So b- basically this is just so exciting. Wow, look at that. that I can true. picture myself no, you, driving it. You're it's faster right. than anything in the world. No, you're right. Because I haven't seen it on a road, I just picture what it could do. Exactly. And so then they also get to dedicate a page of this in the coffee table book. And the car magazines have something to glow over for an entire section. I mean, wow, that's a bit cynical, Jesse. Well, that's That's because NFTs and AR headsets tend to make me a bit cynical. And those were also part of this unveiling of this concept, which will never see the light of day. I love how marketing people have to throw in everything. They're like, what else can we do? What else can we do to make it cool? How about since we didn't build anything, how about we do an AR headset that simulates what it could be like? And it's very futuristic. And then we'll sell NFTs, which is still a thing somehow. Can we also have silver leather seats? Silver leather seats. Ooh it's the future so two is less than three that is correct except it's not because it's more no it's not even though three is better than two what i'm sorry the pole star two is lesser in my opinion than the model three oh, okay. although the pole star two costs more than the model three um, but the model three beats the two hands down Oh, okay, because Polestar just increased the price of the Polestar 2. Yes, to 49900 dollars for the long-range single motor. But it gets more range than last year's. Yes, it's up to 320 miles of range. And faster charging speed. The 2024 Polestar 2 has faster charging speed. Yes, 205 kilowatts. But... The Model 3 Long Range dual motor starts at 47,240, gets 333 miles of range and can fast charge up to 250 kilowatts. And it can supercharge. Oh, and that's excluding incentives. So you could get it for as little as 39,740. It also has a faster zero to 60 time of the Polestar's dual motor variant, which only gets 276 miles of range, charges at 155 kilowatts and costs $55,300, which is more than the Model 3 Performance at 53,240. Again, with incentives could get you down to just 45,740, which is cheaper than any Polestar. Wow. Okay, so who's buying Polestars? People who don't know that two is less than three. I think it's also just people who somehow just like Polestar. <laughs> I just think some people think it's cool and they don't really care about the fact that it blown away by the Model 3 in every other department. And when we were talking about Mercedes, That's branding, baby. Yeah. That's just to get you to go. I'm going to ignore logic and go with the thing that makes me smile a little bit more for no reason. Yeah, and good, good. She'll drive an EV. Yeah. If you if you drive an EV, look, I'm not judging you. I'm just judging. You're judging a little bit. (laughs) I'm judging Polestar for coming out with something that doesn't compete. You just said Polestar two buyers are not rational. (laughs) Comment down below. So before delivery started last year, Elon Musk said that Tesla is aiming to ramp up Tesla semi-production to 50,000 units per year in 2024. But now a quote from the Wall Street Journal, quote, the company doesn't expect to begin producing its new electric semi-trailer truck in large volumes until the end of next year, citing battery supply constraints. I I don't get it. It wouldn't take that many batteries to make like five semis a week, which is what they were producing. Well, you can make 66 Model Ys for that many semis battery-wise. Okay, so what? Well, 66.
0: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable.
2: Model Y's being sold gets you $3 million with about a 10% net profit margin, whereas five semis could bring in $1.2 million, but most likely with a negative profit margin, at least while you're starting up. Okay, but I don't think that's it. I I think it's mega charger installations and working out specific deals with companies. And I mean, that's going to take some time because you've got a like talk to the companies right. and you're obviously talking to some bozo at you know some com- some
3: company like I deal with trucking here at Anheuser-Busch you know what's well, a mega charger so I don't know what a mega charger is so you're going to have to spend 3 weeks explaining that to me over golf
2: <laughs> um Um, but I also think that they're ironing out all the kinks in the design of the Mm semi-truck and it's really great that they're working with Pepsi first because uh, we've seen the truck being like dragged back to Tesla multiple times probably for, you know, smaller problems that Tesla was just like, let us take care of it for you and no, I, we'll learn. Look, I think this is kind of smart for a couple of reasons. One, probably Zachary Kirkhorn, Tesla's CFO, is, pro- is involved here and he probably did your math, which was like, Elon, if we sell the model wise, we get actual profit. If we sell the semis right now, we don't. Secondly, I think that you want to make sure that truck drivers are really happy. And so having a few of these, you know, there's like what, 35 of them out, you know, with Frito-Lay, making sure that those truck drivers like everything. You can tweak the software, you can tweak where buttons and things go, I think is really smart so that when you roll it out in mass production, you've got everything the way they like it. Yeah, I think that it fixes a whole bunch of problems and this is a great way to do it. Um, Although I am sad that we don't get our Test the semi truck. Well, but just a little bit longer. I mean, yeah. we needed time to have fun with our Cybertruck first. That's true. You know, we want to give it full attention. So there are a bunch of lower priced EVs coming to Europe soon. Early next year, Citroën, one of the Stellantis brands, plans to release the EC3 City Car. It's a five seater with about 320 kilometers or 186 miles of range and a starting price of $27,000, which is 25,000 euros. So this isn't a performance car. I mean, it's only got a 42 kilowatt motor and a zero to 60 of 6.8 seconds, but it fills a needed slot in affordable urban transportation uh, that's small and easy to get around city. Now Renault is planning to release the all electric Renault five hatchback in the second half of next year with a starting price that could be as low as 20,000 pounds. We still don't know much about it yet since Renault hasn't shown us anything more than the concept. But Renault does expect to get a range of about 250 miles. Now we're not holding our breath on that one. We'll have to keep our fingers crossed. Renault's sub-brand Dacia will be introducing the all-electric Dacia spring next year. This not in the spring. Maybe in the spring, but it's the it's the Dacia spring. It would be smart to release it in the spring. Uh, This Chinese made city car is expected to have 190 miles of range in city driving, 143 miles in mixed driving with its 26.8 kilowatt hour battery. I know sub 200 miles does not excite me either, especially since that's WLTP range. So it's probably like 10 or 20 percent lower than that in the real world. But the price is right. It could come in as UK's cheapest EV at 19,800 euros. So the spring won't have much spring either with only a 33 kilowatt motor or 44 horsepower and the top speed will be limited to 62 miles an hour. So it's a city car about that. I would buy a used leaf. But anyway, uh, VW is planning to release the ID2 All, which should have a range of 200 miles and a starting price around twenty seven thousand dollars or twenty five thousand euros. Now, when first announced, VW said it was going to start deliveries later this year. But now we're hearing that it's been pushed to twenty twenty five. Just two years pushed back twenty twenty. We're going to have Tesla <laughs> killers. And now twenty twenty five. We're not even going to have anything affordable. And if all these European EVs are leaving you a bit underwhelmed, China has started importing EVs to Europe and they are picking up the pace. Yeah, Chinese EV imports in Germany more than tripled in Q1 year over year. We came out with those in depth last year. Remember with Sandy Monroe, where we said that China is coming to the U.S., but they're going to land in Europe first. In Q1 of this year, 28 percent of EVs imported into Germany came from China versus just 7.8 percent in the first quarter of 2022. Yeah, the BYD Han EV is now available in Europe. The large sedan with the 77 kilowatt hour battery pack and 500 kilometers or 310 miles of range. The MG ZS EV, the compact SUV with a 44 kilowatt hour battery pack and 270 kilometers or 168 miles of range. The Neo ES8, which is the large SUV with a 100 kilowatt hour battery pack and 450 kilometers or 280 miles of range. And the Xpeng P7 midsize sedan with an 80 kilowatt hour battery pack and 460 kilometers or 286 miles of range. Now, I didn't see many of these Chinese EVs when we visited the Netherlands last week. But to be fair, we were mainly in Amsterdam and most of those Chinese models we just talked about are larger, so maybe they're just not a great fit for urban streets. Although I did see a lot of Model Ys, Model 3s, and even a bunch of uh, Xs and Ss. Xs and Ss and a few Mustang Mach-E's. That's true. At the airport, I mean, they're used heavily as taxis. And I think that's a, a really good point is that a lot of the media talks about all these different brands. And if you're an American, you're reading about Europe, you're like, wow, okay, so they're just going to take over. We were there and we, I mean, we did spot an ID3. We did spot a Polestar. We did spot like one of each of the other ones, but that was over a week. Whereas I would say every 60 seconds we saw a Tesla. It's It was incredible. And the thing is, I think that if Tesla can come out with the Model 2, whatever the $25,000 next model is, it's going to be just a tidal wave of Teslas because if this many fairly expensive Model 3s and Ys are being sold. Mm. People are waiting in the $25,000 range for the next, you know, EVs. And they don't want EVs that have sub 200 miles of range. They don't want EVs that are limited to 62 miles an hour. They don't want these kind of crappy compliance cars. They want really cool cars. Yeah. So, I mean, the Model 2 could be that. I just, I don't know how long we're going to have to wait. Hey, if you want to share some of the stories you've seen on today's Tesla Time News, but you don't want to share the entire episode, head on over to another channel we have. It's called the Now You Know Clips channel, where we chop these into little bite-sized clips for you. All right, it's time for Into the Future, sponsored by Henson Shaving. And uh, thank you to Henson. Shaved off my two-week-old beard Yeah, you were looking a little uh, like me. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I was able to shave it off in just about the same amount of time. The greatest part really is the, the way that they get the hair out of the razor. Cause a lot of razors are like we get a good shave and stuff like that, which isn't true. But then they've got these big channels, which even the, my long two week old beard hair was able to just wash straight out of. So nice. I really like my Hanson shaver. I really like it. You can get yours and get a hundred free blades if you use our code now, you know, at checkout. <laughs> So check out this tweet from Yumira Rivera. He said, hey, Baglino, He's talking about Drew Baglino, Tesla's VP of engineering. Uh, the amount of power walls installed in Puerto Rico is huge. Any plans to test VPP here? Virtual power plant. The recent heat wave caused many outages after the grid couldn't keep up with the demand. A perfect scenario for VPP development and testing. So did Drew respond? Yes, he did. He said, absolutely. We have over 350 megawatts of Powerwalls in Puerto Rico that could help the grid shortage in Puerto Rico overnight. We're working with Luma Energy PR to activate a VPP for all Powerwall customers this summer. Stay tuned for more. Wow, that's exciting. So last year, Tesla said that they had 44,000 homes in Puerto Rico powered by Powerwalls. Yeah. Tesla focused on getting Powerwalls to Puerto Rico, remember, after the 2017 Hurricane Maria really damaged um, Puerto Rico's electrical system. So 350 megawatts of Powerwalls, that could imply 70,000 Powerwalls. So I divided 350 megawatts by the Powerwalls nominal output of 5 kilowatts. Yeah. And that fits with Tesla's forty four thousand households since some houses probably have more than one power wall. Uh, right. Although that's still a small fraction of the one point two million households on Puerto Rico. Yeah, but that's still three point seven percent of the households. As of last year, it may be higher this year. And keep in mind that one power wall, which stores thirteen point five kilowatt hours of energy can help keep the lights on for many neighboring homes. It's not just like a one to one ratio. We also got this tweet and response from Tesla Electric in Texas. RG said, Drew Baglino, when is VPP in Texas for folks signed up with the Tesla Electric? And Drew responded, coming to Texas Tesla Electric customers soon. We are testing the initial set of VPP services with ERCOT this month and target paying out the first VPP credits to Powerwall customers in Tesla Electric next month. So, to me, this is a lot like EVs with butts in seats. Once you experience a power wall and their cost savings, their blackout protection for your home, and how they can protect your whole neighborhood from brownouts and blackouts, you get excited and you want them and you can't go back. It's really true. But I think you're right. For so many people who don't know what the heck we're talking about, it's like, I don't know why I need this box. It's a lot harder for Powerwalls because they're not out driving around looking sexy. They're a box in someone's basement. (laughs) And then you can look at it and you can be like, well, I guess that's just a box. You're not like, whoa, (laughs) how many batteries you got in there? Because nobody knows what that means. Exactly. All right, it's time for Going Green. This next story is a bit complicated and a bit political, but I think that you all can handle nuanced points and you aren't gonna jump down our throat if we report on what's going on in Washington. Yeah, I'll just start by saying, I think you guys know by now, Jesse and I are not carrying some political agenda other than we would like to see the planet and all the people on it be as healthy and happy as possible. We believe transitioning to clean transportation and clean energy is a step in the right direction. Conversely, we believe continuing to burn fossil fuels any longer than we have to isn't helping the planet or any of us. So what are we talking about here? Well, President Biden just vetoed an effort led by congressional Republicans to roll back the first update to the heavy truck pollution standards in 22 years. What we're talking about is the EPA has come up with new rules regarding tailpipe emissions for heavy trucks that will go into effect in 2027. These rules aren't as strict as California's CARB rules, but they are better than nothing. So the new rules would reduce NOx, nitrous oxide emissions by 40 and they're estimated to save 2,900 lives, prevent 18,000 cases of childhood asthma, and prevent 6,700 hospital admissions. They would also lead to 78,000 fewer lost days of work, 1.1 million fewer lost school days, and save $29 billion per year by 2045. And here's another nuance point that most people don't get when accounted for in net present value, the benefits are greater than the costs today. Okay, so why are Republicans against it? Well, for one thing, it's a freebie. What's a freebie? It's what I call a vote where, you know, you're not going to win, but you get to show off to your constituents and look like a good guy. What do you mean they aren't going to win? And why would this be looking like a good guy? Well, first, the Republican senators and congresspeople knew all along that they weren't going to win because they barely had enough votes to pass their blockage bill. In the Senate, for instance, it was 50 to 49 because Senator Feinstein was on medical leave. And in the House, it was 221 to 203. Republicans knew President Biden would veto the bill. Right. And to override a veto, you need two thirds of the vote. See, I remembered some of my high school civics. (laughs) Did you really? (laughs) Right. So they knew this was a waste of time, but they could say things like this EPA rule will cost Americans money. And look, let's be honest. It does cost more to make cleaner fossil fuel trucks. It costs about twenty five hundred dollars per truck. But what trucks get to do is drive all around our country and spew toxic pollution into the air. And for that privilege, I would argue you as the truck owner should have to pay to make them as clean as possible. Because whether you believe in climate change or not, we all know that these trucks are emitting toxic particles and gases that hurt all our health. We all breathe air and these truck engines pollute our air. It's that simple. Again, these 2027 EPA rules aren't even as strict as California's rules. And these EPA rules would save Americans $29 billion annually. So to stand up at the podium in Congress and say to the American people, I'm voting against this bill because it costs you money. Is a lie. It's an outright lie. A lie designed for people who don't know the whole story and who don't understand externalities. It's like, forget the fact that the dam's gonna burst and drown everybody and that's gonna cost billions of dollars to clean up. I say we don't spend the money now. Let's be penny wise, pound foolish. And hopefully, We gave you a better overview of what the whole story is, but I urge you to read James Dow's article in Electric for more details. And to your point, I want to highlight that environmental groups like the Environmental Defense Fund says the EPA's common sense protections will minimize health harms and save lives all across the country. And the Union of Concerned Scientists said it's deeply disappointing that Congress used this flawed process to try and undo important public health protections. Look, these politicians that lied to you, they did it because they're either hoping to get votes from people that are in their own little political bubbles and don't think for themselves or because they're in the pockets of fossil fuel lobbyists. I urge you to vote against politicians that lie to you and treat you like children because it's votes like these that expose politicians who actually care more about what's good for them instead of what's good for you. All right, it's time for Sunspots. So wind power just reached a really big milestone. According to the Global Wind Energy Council, the GWIC, there is now one terawatt of installed wind turbines on Earth. It took 40 years from the first wind turbines to reach 1000 billion watts of global wind power capacity. That's the fancy way of saying one terawatt. But get this. It's estimated that it'll only take another seven years to reach two terawatts. That's exponential, baby. But we can't rest on our laurels. According to Jonathan Cole, the new chairman of Gwek, while this is an immense achievement, it still represents only a small portion of what we must build in the coming years in order to decarbonize our planet, to avert a climate catastrophe with devastating impacts on communities and ecosystems everywhere. We must rapidly transform our economies, scaling up wind capacity to reach at least eight terawatts by mid-century to reach net zero. There is no time and no need to delay. And I wanted to see if this was possible. So I made this little chart here. And you know, when you look at the first 40 years, it looks like no way, you're never gonna hit two terawatts or eight terawatts because you just follow that line. But you don't follow that line. It's an exponential hockey stick line, right? It takes a while and then it starts to grow. And it does look like from my prediction here that we could hit eight terawatts by 2050. And the thing I wanna point out here is, picture the last 40 years to get us to one terawatt, which is a great milestone. But now picture seven more terawatts are coming in the next 25 years. So think of all those extra people that are going to be needed, the engineers, the lawyers, the the everything you can think of to build out all this infrastructure. So if you're thinking about like what life is going to look like over the next 25 years, wind is going to be a big part of it. And that is going to have an impact on culture. Yeah. And I know that this is like a weird thing to talk about, but when more people are working on wind than have ever been working in say, the fossil fuel industry, that's going to completely change the way that we think about it. Because instead of looking at a wind turbine and being like, I don't
3: know what that is, what is that?
2: You're going to go, oh, I know my buddy, Craig, and he works on wind turbines. He either builds them or he works on figuring out where to put them or something or wiring them up. And everyone's going to have someone in their life. I bet you, Mm -hmm. I almost guarantee you, just like you have someone in your life who's like a landscaper, you know, or a car mechanic (laughs) or a car mechanic. It's like you're going to probably have someone in your life who either, maybe it'll be you who's working on wind turbines. Exactly. And if you'd like to have your own sustainable source of energy right on your house, talk to our friends at Energy Pal. They don't do wind, but they do solar and batteries and they know everything about it. You can reach them at the link down below. Tell them that Zach and Jesse sent you and they do all that work for you for free. All right, it's time for our video contributor stories. Remember, we need your stories. Send them in to us, uh, make them two minutes or less, shoot them in landscape with good audio, no music. Send them to hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. Who do we have this week? Alex's father made this cool kayak trailer for his Model Y, so he sent us this story about him testing it out for the first time.
3: I am going to attempt to tow with my Model Y for the first time ever. So so let's see if it works. We're going to go kayaking. My dad built a trailer specifically to tow behind my Model Y, and we're going to go kayaking with it today, so wish me luck.
4: So I have the trailer hitch, which we got here, and then theoretically behind this plastic door, there is a, uh, place for me to put it. Well, that
3: was probably the fastest install of anything I've ever done. Uh, about 30 seconds to pull off that cap and, uh, another 30 seconds to put this in, So let's go kayaking. First time officially towing. Got the trailer, got it hooked up, have the right connector this time. Being safe, Life vests, paddles, all that kind of good stuff. Let's do this.
4: Here we are, Robinson Preserve in Bradenton, Florida, trying out for the first time our new sport utility trailer. It's our own design, and we've bought a aluminum boat trailer and have modified it some. It's still going to get a fiberglass floor and fiberglass tool panels on it, a place to keep your kayak paddles and life jackets and such. But we've designed it to hold almost any number of kayaks. When the is uh, completed, the boxes will be here. There'll be room to mount a kayak on each outside, plus multiple bicycles, uh, boats, and so forth inside. we we'll put uh, 50 inches between the side rails so that there's room to put a golf cart in, and the floor will be long enough to put two ATVs end to end. So we think we've got a pretty good design here. We'll get this first one finished up and See if it's something that's worth making more
2: of. That is so cool. I'm sure welding was involved. I love welding. Uh, So good for you guys. That looked really awesome. And I think I hope you inspire other people to do the same thing. You can buy, you know, used trailers really cheap. um, And then you can just do what they did, which is like modify them for your needs. Yeah. Uh, Good welding machines, by the way, have never been cheaper. Yeah. Um, Lots of good ones. I've learned how to weld. So if I can learn how to weld, I think maybe you can learn how to weld. All right. It's time for our Patreon bonus stories. We got a lot of cool stories today for you. Also go over to Disruptive Invest where we've got stories and our Investor Club bonus stories. So head over to Patreon, support us for as little as a buck a month. Get all of our Patreon bonus stories and more if you want. We'll see you there. It's a bonus all right, we're back from a Patreon bonus stories. It's time for the shout outs. And these are people to get their names in the end credits of the show. They're so important to us. Who do we have this week, Jess? Michael Mooney. Howard Welt. Kyle Postler. Rich Letterer, And Brandon Stanford. Thank you so much for supporting us. We can't do this show without you. So we had a French poll today, did oui, we? Oui, we did. The poll well, was: Do you think Tesla's next giga Gigafactory will be giga France? And oh no! No! They said no! No! It is. Oh. not. Uh, most people in the comments were saying Spain. Wow. Um, but, you know, Elon met with Macron. Yeah. And he also went to Italy. He didn't go to Spain. Was that a misdirect? No. Who knows? Mm. All right. It's time for Elon's tweets of the week. And Elon said, why ESG is the devil? And they're talking about the fact here that a whole bunch of tobacco companies last week got rated really highly. And, um, <laughs> and Patrick said, so cigarettes do more good for the climate than a Tesla? The hypocrisy of ESG scores. Tesla got a 37 out of 100, while Philip Morris got an 84. Who's supposed to believe this nonsense? Well, you know, (laughs) you know, (laughs) what does ESG stand for then? Like extra smoking guidelines. They got to grow the tobaccos for green. (laughs) Elon said, once again, I'd like to offer this platform to anyone on the left. You will get equal treatment. Tesla Synopsis said Elon proving doubters wrong time and time again. Starship never flies. When is the next Starship test? Elon says six to eight weeks. Nice. He retweeted Starlink's post that Starlink is now available in Trinidad and Tobago. And Elon commented on Tucker Carlson's uh, third episode on Twitter. He said, bold, attack on the military industrial complex. The lobbying power of large government contractors is far higher than it should be for the good of the people. Hmm. Uh, And like we said, he met with the prime minister of Italy, Giorgio Maloney. Holmar's catalog says just recorded a Waymo and an FSD beta driving the same route. Elon says now drive outside of San Francisco. I see the Waymo just be like. (laughs) Elon said this conspiracy theory that birds are actually government spy drones is totally false. Zaid tweeted out virtual classes resulted in good looking students getting worse grades. And this is from a study that just came out. Elon said shocker. (laughs) Sorry, Merritt says Business Insider drove the new Toyota BZ4X EV from New York to Washington, D.C. and back. The nine hour drive involved three hours of charging. Even at 37 percent, the BZ4X refused to pull more than 35 kilowatts of charging speed. A Model Y would need to charge a total of maybe 30 minutes for the entire trip. Elon said they should join the NAX coalition. Although who cares if they can only pull that little charging speed? (laughs) Get them get them off our network. We don't need them. Simon says a female GPS tracked falcon flew from South Africa to Finland in 42 days. She flew over 10,000 kilometers. That's 230 kilometers per day. And Elon said could have been used to carry messages in the old days. But then, what I really liked was that community notes corrected it and showed that that wasn't a falcon. It was a different kind of bird. So I just, oh. I, what other network is going to show you uh, the actual facts? World Statistics says antidepressant users per 1,000 people. Elon said, interesting. Yeah, I was really surprised that Portugal was almost at the top of the list. Hmm. May Musk, Elon's mom, had tweeted out a while ago that my grandfather, John Elon Haldeman, born in Minnesota, Elon, not a perfume. And then uh, Elon did tweet out my namesake. Oh, that's where he got his name. Yeah. But where did his grandfather get his name? Hmm. Kanoka the Great tweeted out a new confidential Pfizer document dated from August of 2022 shows the company observed 1.6 million adverse events covering nearly every organ system. Hmm. That's hmm. Doge Designer said Twitter is the fifth most visited website in the world, but Community Notes corrected it. As of June 2023, Twitter is actually the fourth most visited website in the world. Instagram is the fifth. What's the third and the first? Uh Community Notes. Come on. (laughs) They didn't want to say what, the, yeah. This is scary. Massimo tweeted out, the coconut crab is the largest terrestrial arthropod in the world. It has powerful walking legs with pointed tips, which allow it to climb vertical or overhanging surfaces. Elon said, saw them firsthand on Quash Pro tip, don't wear coconut scented sunblock. Okay, we will, I will keep that in mind. Thank you, Elon. <laughs> Good tip. Penny2X says, the thing about hyper exponential growth is even those who see it coming can't possibly process the impact. Elon said, Yep. And then um, Elon said, Quanto sei bella Roma? How beautiful you are, Rome. He was visiting Rome. Uh, He went to the Colosseum. And uh, he then asked, Who should be president in 2032? (laughs) And this is AI, either. So, you know, diffusion or. Okay. Uh, Elon was busy interviewing in the last few days. Here you can see him on Zuby's podcast, which is exclusively on Twitter. And if you need more Elon interview, then check out the Viva Technology interview where he was in France. Elon tweeted out, when you pick up a snail and put it somewhere else (laughs) or a social media media company, people who have Twitter but never post anything. Oh, hi, LOL. And I feel like this is like us, but I think things are going to change soon Mm -hmm. when we start uh, putting our stuff on Twitter. Elon tweeted this out. Does your dog bite? No, but it can hurt you in other ways. Only 1% of ancient literature has survived. (laughs) Uh, Elon retweeted the Falcon 9 first stage landing again. There were so many launches this week. It's amazing. Uh, Shibatoshi says, you don't want to get a $200 fine. Smokeaway says, these are the most important years in human history. Elon said, true. Uh, Then Dima tweeted out that European leaders are excited to meet Elon and encourage him to invest in their countries. Big win for everyone. Elon said, wonderful meetings with France and Italy. I love your countries. And so, yeah. I really want to know where's the next Gigafactory going to be, but I almost don't care because I think there's going to be a bunch in Europe coming up. Definitely. Yeah. All right. It's time for community mail time. Remember to share your stories, your photos, your videos with us at hello at now, you know What do we got, Jess? Tommy spotted this SAIC Motors EV in Norkaping, Sweden. That's a Chinese one. Uh, Caroline saw this red Model S while driving through Fenton, Missouri. Darwin spotted this Model Y with a U.S. government plate in Saratoga Springs, Utah. Sebastian sent us these pictures of a Hyundai Ioniq 6 they found. Our patron Mike sent us this story about sentry mode catching a crime on camera. Yeah, I was finishing at the gym early in the morning and came out of my car to see the front desk person talking to the owner of a truck with broken glass around the truck. I was parked nearby behind the truck in the parallel lane. I saw the stress in the truck owner's face and asked if it was broken into, which it was, and not only that, but his wallet had also been stolen. I checked my Sentry cam to see if it caught anything, and sure enough, it caught the guy breaking in. But after reviewing the footage, I thought it was a lost cause at IDing the person because of the quality. However, the owner of the truck was grateful because he could at least use it for his fraud case. Today, about a week later, I got a call from the police saying they were able to use my footage to ID the guy and needed me to sign a form saying that I didn't alter the video in any way so they can press charges woohoo solve the crime remember, wow. remember we did that uh, skit about like tesla being McGruff yeah. the crime tesla detective, tesla, tesla yeah. detective. Tesla detective. <laughs> for the win kathy spotted this ford f-150 lightning in fremont california lenny from queens new york saw this rivian amazon delivery van driving around Rigo park christopher spotted this porsche tycan with a surfboard driving around santa monica california mark came across this new rivian dc fast chargers being installed in sedona arizona So those are the first DC fast chargers we've seen from Rivian. Well, like the eighth, they've got a few. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's the first picture I've seen of one. (laughs) And Chris saw these new superchargers being installed in Chandler, Arizona. All right, it's time for supercharger reviews. Let's find out what's out there in the world.
0: Hi, second Jesse. I'm on a supercharger road trip with my family to Prague and we are on supercharger Humpolek in Czech Republic. It's a six-store supercharger here near the highway from Brno to Prague and it's located near a gas station with a small coffee shop and clean restrooms. Yeah, yeah, it's quite heavily occupied uh, near the weekend time. Uh, About 50% of the stores are blocked, so in total I would give it a 6 out of 10. Now you know.
4: Holger from Austria again. I'm here in Villach Ost Supercharger. This supercharger has uh, six stalls uh, V3. Uh, it's very convenient, only like uh, 500 meters from the exit to the next um, highway. There's not pretty much here, only like this uh, stack automat. Uh, so I give this a 5 out of 10. Now you know.
5: Hey, what's up, Zach and Jesse and all the TTN crew. We are in Warsaw, North Carolina right now. And here's Ginger, my 2018 Model 3 charging. We're heading from Manassas, Virginia down to Oak Island, North Carolina uh, Beach area. So we are charging up this morning here. We're all alone. Uh, 250 kilowatts, so she charged up really quick. Uh, There's plenty of choices here in this little town. Uh, McDonald's, there's a hotel over there. There's Starbucks, there's a Waffle House. There's a Wendy's, there's a Taco Bell, and whatever Smithfield's chicken is closed right now for the morning, but uh, it looks popular. It's got a big parking lot. And the chargers are just off the highway behind this Smithfield place. So it's easy to um, miss it at first. So of course, no big sign or anything, but here they are. And so the only thing I'd say about this town is there's no sidewalks and no crosswalks to get to the restaurants and and whatnot. So just take that and keep that in mind. Anyway, I would give this a six out of 10, charge up really quick, good number of choices, but a little bit pedestrian unfriendly. Thanks for what you guys do, and we'll talk to you soon. Now you know. Hey, Zach and Jesse. Dave Spector here,
4: and I'm at the 12 stall in Durham, North Carolina, right on the Durham-Chapel Hill border. It's a 250-watt station, and there's plenty to eat around here, plenty of restaurants behind me, um, all different types of stuff to choose from, and there's basically a mall uh, right across the street. So very fast charging, a lot of good amenities. I'll give this supercharger a uh, 8 out of 10. Now
2: you know. Thank you so much for doing supercharger reviews. If you want to check those out, you can go to our website, nowyouknowchannel.com. Pretty much the only thing we've got on the website. <laughs> so Of worth, <laughs> yeah. Of any worth. So go check that out. Um, I think you should take a sip of water because we got a lot of superchargers Oh, okay. All right. Actually, I'm going to have coffee. <laughs> Good plan. All right. Number 23 in Finland is the 12th stall in Espoo, Finland. Number 34 in Oregon is the 12th stall in Salem, Mission Street, Southeast, Oregon. Number 43 in Georgia is the 12th stall in Sewanee, Georgia. The 6th stall in Wuxi, China. Number 72 in Italy is the 8th stall in Reveretto, Italy. The 7th stall in Holzkirchen, Germany. The 4th stall in Hashimoto, Japan. Number 139 in South Korea is the 6th stall in Jinju. Number 30 in Connecticut is the 8th stall in Vernon, Connecticut the 8th stall in Baltimore, Maryland, the 12th stall in Pattaya, Thailand, number 73 in Japan is the 6th stall in Hitachinaka, Japan, number 146 in France is the 12th stall in Albi, France, the three stall in Shenyang, China, number 48 in Maryland is the 8th stall at McHenry, Maryland, the 35th stall in Houston, Yale Street, Texas, number 31 in Austria is the 8th stall at Saint Vith, Anderglen, Austria, Number 360 in California is the 8th stall in Burney, California. Number 6 in Thailand is the 8th stall at Samut Prakarn, Thailand. The 6th stall in Sun Tzu, China. The 8th stall in Dallas at Mountain Creek Parkway, Texas. Number 135 in Florida is the 12th stall in Cocoa, Florida. The 6th stall in Shanghai, China. Another 6th stall in Shanghai, China. Number 8 in Nebraska is the 8th stall in Lincoln, Nebraska. Number 173 in Germany is the 12th stall in Kaufring, Germany. Number 187 in Canada is the 8th stall at Lechenai, Quebec, Canada. Number 126 in Texas is the 12th stall in Irving, Texas. Number 59 in New Jersey is the 12th stall in Swedesboro, New Jersey. And number 1717 in China. Number 5166 in the world is the three stall in Sun Tzu, China. You know, when we talk about the value of the supercharger network, it's not like Tesla went, you know what? We did it. Let's just...
0: Forget it.
2: Just relax. Put our feet up. They just they're going into overdrive like every week, practically. Yeah, I feel like there's six in Thailand. I mean, we do this every week, right? We do this every week and there's always a bunch. I don't think that there's been practically a single week where we haven't uh, announced at least one supercharger. And normally we have uh, dozens of them. I just, I mean, I just find it incredible, especially when they go to new countries and they're able to build out that fast. I mean, they they went from four to six superchargers in Thailand this week. Right. So they've already started to cover Thailand and then they can start building in the density, mm-hmm. which is what builds the usability. I mean, again, when we started this show, there weren't anywhere near this many superchargers. Yeah. It was still a usable network. We were still able to drive across the entire country. That's the whole reason we did this show, by the way. Exactly. We drove across the whole country in a Tesla Model S, And it woke our minds to And it. we were like, like oh! We can do that. It wasn't wild. It wasn't like we were not making any headway. We drove like, 500, 600 miles, one. Day. And you know, I planned on us failing. I thought that we would do the trip and at some point we'd have to spend a week like in a car mechanics or like just, you know, broken down by the side of the road, Towing eating at our shoelaces yeah. or something. We had zero problems. I was just blown away. And that was in 2016. Yeah. And that's why we started the show because we actually saw it. And look, the thing is, this week over on Disruptive Investing, we talk about this whole big thing that people are waking up to, which is that, wow, the supercharger has value. And I got to tell you, I did a little bit of research and work and I think it's worth even more. So go check that out. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We'll see you next week. Now you know.
0: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable.